as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. He's got his 10-gallon hat, his cowboy boots. He's on the horse. He's riding away, galloping towards the sunset, as we sing. Happy trail to you. Our mayor in Brownsville, Trey Mendez Mendez. That's it. He's not going to be mayor. but he's going to be mayor for at least another, what, six months, Trey? Right? About six months, uh, depending on whether we get a runoff, which uh, we probably will. So six, seven months, somewhere in there. <laughs> right. Everybody and the, everybody and their grandma probably kind of put in their name the, for that mayor's race, which will be in May uh, next year. Right. Yeah. In May. Uh, and I think the kitchen sink might even be running. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Of course, we'll, Lord willing, we'll provide all the coverage here on KURP. So our mayor, Trey Mendes, uh, would... You'd, I understand you'd like to get back to work, like real work, like work that pays and pays the bills, right? Well, that's true. I mean, uh, being mayor in, in Brownsville has been a very, very rewarding uh, uh, thing for the last three, three plus years, three and a half years or so. I uh, love public service. I've been in public service for 13 years now. And uh, it, it unfortunately, even though it's very rewarding, it, it doesn't pay. And, and it's a huge time commitment to do it the right way. And, and I think you've seen how it works, Serge. I mean, uh, I'm full time all the time, uh, put in a lot of work, whatever needs to be done to ensure that Brownsville is being taken care of. And it's a lot of work and a lot of coordination. And, and obviously we raise our profile on national level. I'm out of town doing some stuff here and there, promoting the city on um, panels and different types of discussions. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a pretty big commitment, but ready to get back to work. Yeah. Negotiations with different groups, the financials that you have to read, policy issues, ordinances, codes, that's all consuming. And and that's just the beginning. You're the ambassador face and voice of recruitment for industry and everything else when it comes to Brownsville. That is like an 80 plus hour job, you know, weekly. Plus, on top of that, you still need to pay the bills and do everything else. So tell me about some of the successes, some of the accomplishments the past um, almost four years now, you know, feathers in the cap for you. Well, there's, there's been a, quite a few surge. I mean, uh, thing I'm most proud of, I think is going to have the, the biggest impact for generations is, is our broadband initiative here in Brownsville. Uh, and it's going to be called BTX fiber. And that's something we're ending the digital divide here in Brownsville. We were the least connected community for two years in a row. And now we have a $90 million, uh, broadband initiative. It's going to have a hundred miles of middle mile, 500 miles of last mile. It'll be available to the entire community. It's going to be affordable, uh, certainly accessible, high speed, top notch. That's going to be really the, the biggest feather in my cap and, and my biggest accomplishment and, and the biggest accomplishment for the commission for probably for decades. After that, um, just happy that we were able to really bring a different mindset to the city. When I got here, we had no strategic plan, no capital improvement plan, uh, no digital permitting process. Uh, and we've solved all those things. We got a strategic plan in place pretty quickly. 
and been crossing things off that list and, and really uh, has been the, the blueprint for our success here the last three plus years. Uh, we've um, created a, a master plan uh, for the Glass Porter Zoo, which is our biggest tourism driver, and, and that's the first master plan in over 50 years since the zoo was first opened. Uh, we've got that in place, and it's going to be implemented over the course of the next several years. Big, big project to um, not only improve the zoo, but really uh, make the most efficient use of the existing blueprint of the zoo. And, and hopefully the phase two is going to be an expansion uh, of the zoo. Uh, that's a huge, huge project. Like I said, our uh, digital permitting process has been huge. We've increased the number of our uh, emergency personnel. We've increased our, our firefighters by 15. Uh, at the very least, uh, we've increased our police personnel as well. We just signed a collective bargaining agreements with both our fire department and our police department, and the police one we did uh, on Tuesday, and, and that's going to result in a 14% uh, increase in their wages over the next four years, which is fantastic. Um, really focused on public safety and, and efficiency and growth in the city of Brownsville, and, and um, we've increased our revenue significantly over the last uh, couple years, and our residential development and commercial development has increased, uh, I mean, huge, huge numbers. Our residential developments are, are three times this year what they were when I got here. So we've increased our residential development by threefold. Our commercial development almost doubled. Uh, it's, it's been huge and, and it's, it's, uh, really putting more money in the coffers, which helps us reduce our taxes, which we've done the last couple of years. And, and it also, uh, helps us make more investments in uh, capital improvements, which is streets, drainage, infrastructure. So running the city like a business has has been uh, a big part of what I've done, and I think I've done a good job. Personally, I, I would have put the opening of Ollie's Discount Store uh, closer to the top of that list of major accomplishments as well for the city of Brownsville. Our, our mayor in Brownsville, Trey Mendez, joining us. Yeah, Mayor Tim Sullivan here. You know, just looking back, I mean, you and the city seem to be on a pretty good roll with a string of accomplishments you mentioned uh, in terms of expansion of SpaceX, advancements at the port, uh, many downtown improvements. You mentioned the zoo. You know, and I heard the reasons you're leaving, but, man, wh- why do you want to get out at this time? Well, it, um, it's it's really not about wanting to leave. It's just uh, I've got to focus on some other things for myself. and. And I, I was very involved in the community before. Uh, I'm going to continue to be involved. I mean, I, I do have um, some investments in the city, and, and I've got my law practice, so certainly going to continue to do that. But I really think that um, that it was time to, to take a little step away, take a break. I needed it uh, just mentally. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a grind, and, and physically it's, it's been a grind as well. And and financially, you know, I've, I've lost quite a bit of money over the last couple of years, and that's the reality of it. And, mm. and uh, there's not unlimited coffers in, in Mayor Mendez's uh, bank account, so i got to get back to it. But um, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be involved. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be around. And, and um, you know, let's, I'll certainly consider something maybe down the road, but, but I just need to take a break for, for a little bit. All right. What does the next mayor of Brownsville need to focus on? Well, I think they're, they've got to really focus on keeping the momentum going, um, being willing to put put some things aside and work for the community full time is, is going to be something that the next mayor really absolutely has to do. Uh, it's not something you can do part time. Um, it's not something uh, you can take lightly. It's a very serious thing. It's it, it's not a social 
uh, you know, it's not a social position. It's, it's something that you really got to work for. It's almost like you're, um, the CEO of, of a business and, and you've got to really be working out there just as much as a city manager, just as much as, as other department heads. The, the mayor really has a huge role here and, and I've been very involved, very hands on and, and it's because it needed to be done. And, uh, I, I really feel that the next mayor is going to have to keep that going. They're going to have to not only hit the ground running, but, keep sprinting for a long time because we still have a lot of work to do. Mayor Trey Mendez, he will be exiting that office of mayor in about six months. It's not running for re-election. As you continue to participate and be active in the city as you wish, Mayor, what do you see, where do you see you volunteering your time? Because all this is volunteer work, planning and zoning, public utility, the college, Texas Southmost. Um, where do you think you'll wind up here in your future? Well, I was a, I was an elected trustee at Texas Southmost for nine years, and and I think we, I left there with a very stable foundation at the college. Uh, we did some really good work there, reduced tuition three times in in the nine years I was there, and and really uh, became the the fastest growing community college in the state when I left. So um, I think TSC is pretty good. I, I really my focus and my energy and my passions really in growing the city, and um, I'm going to continue to be involved with our downtown revitalization. I'll uh, continue to to try and, and help and and uh you know I, I know that that there's some work to do on the economic development side and, and really being an ambassador for the city I think I'm gonna probably continue to, to do some of that here going forward and and if the city needs me they can reach out. Um certainly know everybody there and, and we've got a good commission and um just really wanted to stay involved however I can and however they need me. Merry Christmas Mayor thank you. Thanks a lot. Great to talk to you guys. Yeah, best of luck to you, Mayor. Mayor Trey Mendez. Thank you. Our city of Brownsville. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. We're a few days removed from National Apprenticeship Week and here in South Texas over at South Texas College, Julian Alvarez, our commissioner for Texas Workforce, he was the keynote speaker at that South Texas College Apprenticeship Summit, and we welcome him back to the program. Pairing professionals and students in industry, that's going to help us meet the demand for a rapidly expanding economy in, in South Texas, and with SpaceX and more aerospace and possible LNG, and of course the Port of Brownsville, all the work that they're doing, construction left and right, just crazy. We're going to need all those professionals. So what is it that the Labor Department has that they can provide industry and all types of skills in industry to bring students in, Julian? So, you know, you're right. So we just celebrated uh, National Apprenticeship Week. Governor Abbott 
provided uh, 10 resolutions to 10 different employers or institutions of higher ed that have been engaged in apprenticeship programs. And you're right, I was at South Texas College last Thursday in their first ever uh, apprenticeship uh, acknowledgement week. And all week we've been uh, focusing on the skilled trades at Hill. And you're right, that's where the most demanding jobs and careers are in the Valley. With LNG, we were at Raytheon on Monday there in uh, McKinney, Texas. And it was interesting because we had kids that were working on beams and satellites and technology. And one of the kids that came up to me was from San Benito. And he's going through the apprenticeship program. So I thought it was interesting. But it's expanded beyond the traditional trades of construction, electrical Masonry, it's now in IT, cybersecurity, and hopefully, said Hill, I've been talking to the folks at South Texas College, we're hoping that within the next couple of days, we'll be able to announce that South Texas College may have the first apprenticeship nursing program in the country. Excellent, excellent. I think we're blessed here in South Texas to have very strong colleges and, of course, the university, but from Texas Southmost College, Texas State Technical College, South Texas College, and, of course, the university, and some school districts that I've noticed that have gotten into big time, and they've taken a deep dive into providing skills and training for, like you said, computer, high-tech, nursing, other type of industry. Is there something that the state of Texas can do or the Labor Department can do to you know, provide some funding to bridge that apprenticeship, those all those programs that we need to put those WETCOs, those young college students on the front lines of the workforce, have them paid, make sure they get, get a salary, and then transition them with the necessary skills to pick up for the folks who are retiring and moving on. Well, you know, Sergio, we just were awarded the DOL expansion grant from the Department of Labor. We're the only state in the country that's received funding every year. And that funding is to expand in programs, just like I referenced earlier. It's now in the IT, healthcare, uh, and we mentioned cybersecurity. Heck, 5x5 has the only brewmaster apprenticeship program in the country, and that was focusing on veterans at 5x5, but they've expanded now, and there's a student's two brothers that opened up a shop there on 10th Street. So those grants, here's something that makes us very unique, Seth Hill, is that we also provide JET funding, Jobs Education for Texans. And you'll see that in Edinburgh, they're building one of the largest CTE buildings in yes. the Valley. And uh, Rio Grande City, La Jolla was just awarded a jet grant for welding equipment. But what I thought was fascinating was I asked Senator Hinojosa and Representative Longoria to join me. And the welding equipment, part of the welding equipment that they received from us was in IT, was in artificial intelligence. These were headsets where individuals were going to receive credentialing or certifications uh, through um, artificial intelligence. So without having to actually be using welding equipment, which they have that option to do it, but some students, because of the technology that's out there, like at SpaceX and Raytheon and some of these other companies, they do require specialized welding, and these headsets provide that. We receive general revenue funding not only from, from from our legislators. We're the only state that allows general revenue funding to actually be awarded to schools and community colleges for actual hands-on equipment. So this whole thing started, said you in 2016 when Governor Abbott charged us to make sure that those 24 to 35-year-olds had some type of credentials that was needed for industry. Those were the industry was driving us and telling us these are the credentials that we need to be successful. Okay. And I've stressed this to you and your audience. You don't necessarily have to possess a four-year degree to be successful in the Rio Grande Valley or the state of Texas. Yeah, Edinburgh ISD, we're so blessed to, they call us every week to give us updates, 
and that training high school with all these different schools, it, it's like a small junior college. I, I, I wish more school districts were to copy paste and do that to give our high school kids skills that they can cash in like soon after graduation. Julian Alvarez, the commissioner, Texas Workforce Commission, uh, joining us right now. You mentioned IT software. We've got, of course, that major Indian-based software developer coming to McAllen. Chip manufacturing. That will soon happen in McAllen yeah. in maybe about a year. And uh, I, I can see how local colleges could develop the necessary curriculum to get the workforce ready for that. Do, do you know if that is happening behind the scenes? Yeah, so that's that's a really good question. So I had a conversation with Keith Patrick Thursday when I was in the Valley. So he informed me about the employer that's coming down. We're already working with the uh, instructors at South Texas College that are going to be offering those programs. Where we come in, Sergio, is we're going to provide not only the equipment uh, at the college, but at the high schools as well. So that as these kids transition with dual credit programs, they'll be receiving the credentials needed for those entry-level positions. And so that's one of the selling points that we actually uh, encourage the EDCs to tell in future employers or potential employers is that we will have a workforce ready. Look, the unemployment rate in Texas is 4%. It's 4.0. And it's, and it's actually continuing to drop, and especially in the Valley. Especially in the Valley. There are more kids in the Valley right now that are receiving these credentials that are putting them into these entry-level positions. So this thing about brain drain, I don't really think brain drain doesn't really actually exist because the jobs are there, said Hill. Yeah. I mean, who would have ever imagined we would have space exploration or high-tech uh, technology? How about those credentials that we're awarding in Brownsville? I mean, we're awarding 10,000 free certifications for people that live in the Cameron County or work in the Cameron County area at no expense to them, thanks to people like Senator Lucio working closely with Texas A&M. You're talking about apprenticeship certifications, right, that require a certain number of hours in order to receive that yes. designation? Okay. Yeah. So, and the other thing that was uh, what I really loved about what South Texas College did, and we had a packed room, is that a lot of people are interested. You know, people are hungry for information. And we want people to know that there's a distinction between apprenticeship programs, which are paid while you work. And in most cases, probably 99% of the time, these kids that graduate or adults will graduate debt-free. Imagine that. In a, in a skill or in uh, industry-recognized credentials that are going to get you into those jobs that are in demand, not going to cost you a penny. You're seeing that more and more people are, are actually excited about this opportunity for us to train people at no expense to them. Julian Alvarez, Commissioner, Texas Workforce Commission. A few days back at South Texas College, they had their first apprenticeship summit. There are numerous opportunities for industry to partner up with our local college, colleges, and prepare the next workforce. Now, anyone tuning in, a manager or a business owner, might be in light manufacturing or international trade, logistics, or any other type of, of company, says, you know, I, I need to tap into this. I, I need to figure out what resources are, are available. So I, I train some good people and bring them aboard. What do they do? Who do they talk to, Julian? So we have on our website, they can go to the Texas Workforce uh, Commission website, TWC website, or they can actually go to our website and go to the link where it says Apprenticeship Texas, and it tells them everything. We just passed a bill that allows employers, and I'm glad you brought that up, that allows employers to receive a tax credit if they hire people that are going through the apprenticeship program or have completed one. So there is a lot of momentum. We're the second. We used to be almost dead last when it came to apprenticeship programs. 
we're probably just right behind California, and that's because our population is so much larger than ours. But we're right there. And I will tell you this, Ed Hill, that everybody in Washington and around the country is actually looking to see how this apprenticeship nurse is going to be rolled out. Because Excellent. it hadn't been for people like Dr. Valerio, South Texas College, TSTC, Valley Grande Institute, Valley Baptist, and DHR, we wouldn't be where we're at. So we're very fortunate, along with our workforce boards. Uh, we'll make an announcement. And again, Texas uh, would be the first in the country to actually implement something. And I do know that we received all the paperwork from South Texas College. Good stuff. Keep in touch. Very good. Yeah, keep in touch, Julian. We look forward to speaking about this again. Julian Alvarez is our commissioner for Texas Workforce. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a in this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Our college, Texas Southmost. Texas Southmost College, in the news, has a new agreement with Texas A&M Engineering. Dr. Jesus Rodriguez is president of TSC. So tell me a bit more about this memorandum of understanding, Doc. Well, good morning to all your audience. And let me just start by saying that the sun always shines on Texas Southmost College. And this past Monday was just another ray of sunshine where Texas Southmost College and A&M came together and signed an agreement. Uh, for TSE to provide training courses for the Texas A&M RGV Advanced Manufacturing Hub. Brownsville in the, is in the cusp of, of growth, exponential growth, and uh, it was such a, a beautiful ceremony and great collaboration with our colleagues in A&M. In attendance was our very own native, Mr. Mike Hernandez from Brownsville. I mean, he's a very successful businessman, and he was also a uh, board of regents, the Texas Names uh, University, who was appointed by Governor Greg Abbott, who helped us lead the charge with our labs and just computer upgrades. And we're going running and gunning, trying to make this work. You know, on our construction and manufacturing side, we've got multiple programs from forklift operators to advanced welding, pipe fitters, uh, plumbing. We're starting the orbital tube welding and laser welding, just to name a few. And that's probably going to be the only college here in the state of Texas or, or nation to provide such specialized welding. Laser Started welding. new diesel technician hmm. programs as well. Okay. Dr. Jesus Rodriguez is president of Texas Southmost College. Past few days, they signed a memorandum of understanding with Texas A&M and their engineering program. Get some folks around here ready for industry. Our college and Texas A&M engineering... Are y'all in communication with the folks that are at economic development to develop training that they see as necessary for their recruitment effort, industry coming to town? As community college, we're built to do workforce training. And part of our responsibility is to have advisory committees with industry partners to try to develop the skill sets that are needed. Because at the end of the day, I provide the 
the training. I'm trying to develop the future workforce for our employers. For example, when you talk about economic development, Texas South Mosul, uh College, we just received a partnership award from the uh, Greater Brownsville Incentive Corporation for outstanding partnership with our local Brownsville Incentive Corporation. So we're doing a good job in in partnering with our industries and local governments as well. Do you see the need for help from Austin, from state lawmakers, to help fund more of these partnerships, maybe more university systems? Absolutely. I think it's just bringing a collaborative effort together. I mean, as as mentioned by, you know, our board of trustees, uh, Dr. Hurtado, who's uh, Texas A&M Vice Chancellor for the Engineering, and, and Mike Hernandez, it's a believing in a partnership where we will leverage each other's expertise and resources. This is a monumental task. I'm working with the Tech Association of Community Colleges to work with our elected officials to revisit the funding formula that happens to community college and also address the funding for our short-term programs that are currently not funded by the FAFSA, the federal financial aid, because they're short-term, but much-needed programs to develop the skill set that our employers need in our region. Dr. Jesus Rodriguez, president of Texas Southmost College, got a new partnership, increasing partnership with Texas A&M Engineering. How much of the work that we're doing on campus might directly benefit what seems to be liquefied natural gas, LNG, maybe a couple of notes that will soon set up? I mean, we got people on the ground already that are clearing mm-hmm. land and dredging the ship channel. Mm-hmm. How much of what we're doing at the college might eventually segue to jobs there, or do we need to set up new curriculum to meet the needs for LNG? We've been working with the LNGs, we've been working with SpaceX, we've been working with the businesses at the port to develop a curriculum. At the end of the day, we're developing a skill set that's going to lend the job, that's going to lead to a career and a better life for our students. The only goal we have in mind is the success of our community. So what I can share with you and your audience is Texas Southmost College has, is, and will continue to be working with the companies and industries we just mentioned. We've been in communications with them for quite some while in developing what they need. So we work backwards. We say, okay, what do you need at this point in time? And and start developing. So we've got a massive capital investment from the Board of Trustees to position ourselves uh, to address that need. And partnering with a great institution like A&M, it only enhances us to better serve our community. So... We're sure. very optimistic that we'll continue to move forward in strengthening this partnership with A&M and leveraging our resources between these two fine institutions. Because it's not only a win-win for higher education, but it's a win for our communities that we serve. Are we filling up those classes, Dr. Rodriguez? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes, sir, we are. We yeah. are. I'm very thankful also to the TSE Foundation that allocated $1 million for scholarships for short-term workforce programs. Because at the end of the day, you know, students come to me and say, hey, doc, really don't have time for a two-year degree or a one-year degree or sometimes a semester. I I need short-term training. I need something quick to put food on the table. Yeah. And these short-term programs allow them to get into the workforce earning good pay with the foundation scholarship that allows us to fund these students to get them into the workforce. That's where we need that additional funding that we talked about, more funding from the state and leveraging resources with A&M to partner and move our community forward. All right. Merry Christmas and continued success in 2023, Dr. Jesus. 
Oh, thank you so very much, and Merry Christmas to you and to your audience. Our president, the culture. yes, sir, our president from Texas Southwest College, Dr. Jesus Rodriguez. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Christmas has come and gone. And if you're wondering what to do with your Christmas tree, assuming it's a live tree and not a recycled one, but I mean, it was a recycled one, a, uh, <laughs> an artificial tree, uh, even though we may get to that in a second. The live trees, there is something very useful you can do, and that's recycle it. And we're here with McAllen Public Works' Robert Trevino to talk about this very thing. So first off, let's talk about McAllen Public Works and what it does for the city of McAllen. What, what do you all do over there? Public Works, we do many things. Uh, we, we do streets and drainage. We have a solid waste. And best of all, we also have the recycling center that, that I oversee. So uh, during these holidays, one of the most important things we've got to do is remember to recycle, especially with our Christmas trees. About how many Christmas trees do you all see each year? Uh, an average about 1,500 to 2,000 sometimes at a high. Wow, that's a lot of Christmas trees. And so for people yeah. that are wanting to recycle their Christmas trees, what in particular do they need to know about preparation? The trees need to be free of all the decor and tinsel and also uh, removing the tree stand. So basically the tree needs to be clean. Uh, and then more than welcome to bring it here to the Recycling Center at 4101 North Benson Road. Or also in North McKenna, we have our composting facility, which is at 151501 North Ruth Road. It's basically Monte Cristo and 29th Street. Um, hours are from 8 to, 8 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. And we're also open on Saturdays from 8 to 12. Tell us about the process of recycling a Christmas tree. What happens? I get the Christmas tree, I clean it up, I take off all the tinsel and the... All the all the decorations. I bring it over to McCallum Public Works and magically turns into mulch. What where's the magic at? So once the trees are here, we gather all the trees throughout the month of January. Like this year, we'll be collecting them through January 27th. Uh, we stockpile them. Then sometime in February, we grind up the trees and turn them into mulch, and then we bag it. So for the spring, you'll we'll have a pine mulch available. You have that pine fresh smell. Uh, you can use it there for your landscaping or your, even just to mulch your, your garden area as well. And the, the great thing is is that you have that nice, fresh pine smell uh, throughout a couple of months. Also, uh, mulch is a great thing because it also helps retain water, especially down here in the valley that we don't get so much rain. Uh, you're able to allow your plants and your garden area to sustain more water and allow us to use less water, which is very important here in the valley for us. 
We're talking with McAllen Public Works' Robert Trevino about recycling our Christmas trees and just, you know, recycling in general. Uh, question about anybody who has artificial trees that they're trying to get rid of. Is that something that McAllen Public Works can take care of? Yes. Uh, we also have our citizen drop-off here at the Recycling Center where McAllen residents are able to drop off debris. In this case, the artificial trees will be. Uh, so we have containers for those as well. And also, uh, with all the cardboard, you know, with all the gifts, we have all this cardboard. A lot of stuff is ordered through Amazon or online. Uh, you don't want to fill up your, your trash bin so quickly with all the cardboard. You're more than welcome to bring it here to the recycling center. And that's available to everybody, not just McAllen residents. Your cardboard, your paper, plastics, uh, bring them all to the recycling center. We'll be more than happy to take that off your hands, and we'll recycle it for you. Tim Sullivan, your question for Robert Trevino at McAllen Public Works. Yeah, hey Robert, uh, do you do you sell those bags of mulch, or can people just come and, and pick them up? Uh, the mulch from the the grinded up Christmas trees. Yes, the mulch, the, the bags are very cheap. They're two dollars and fifteen cents a bag, uh, and they'll be available in March. Okay. So uh, it'll be first come first serve. Uh, we usually we don't. There's not all the bags that come out of this. Come out of this, so they'll be just first available. Uh, we'll be able to purchase them, the bags of mulch. Talk more about what that's good for. You you touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, what what do we use that mulch for? The Christmas tree mulch or just mulch in general? Uh, we, both, we have, uh, two both I guess. That are available. Talk it about both. It helps sustain moisture in your plants. So... Um, Especially down here that it's so hot, you want to, you add a, you know, you plant your plants with using our compost as well. And then you add about two inches of mulch over it, and it'll help sustain the moisture. Uh, it even keeps some of the insects away as well, uh, hmm. because it just provides that extra, extra protection to your plants. Uh, like these days that were cold, uh, you had mulch over your plants, and there was the moisture in there. It'll prevent your, your root system to get, for, 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 I'm sorry, it'll prevent the root system from freezing. Yeah. Uh, so just an extra layer of protection for your plants. All right. So we know what uh, to do with our Christmas trees. What should we not do with our Christmas trees? What we should not is not throw them on the side of the road. Uh, we do see a lot of, uh, yeah. some, not a lot, some illegal dumping of Christmas trees. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a place to bring them, bring them here to the recycling center. Uh, there's also, throughout the valley, uh, cities do collect them as well, and they do also bring them here to our recycling center, our composting facility. So uh, we can reach out to us, to bring to McAllen, or to uh, your cities, uh, see where their collection sites are available. Okay, and you've got two main recycling facilities, right? You mentioned the one on Benson and the one further up north, the compost facility. Yes, sir. Here's at the recycling center. We're at the intersection of Nolana and Benson at 4101 North Benson Road or at our composting facility at 15201 North Ruth Road, which is at the intersection of Monte Cristo and 29th Street. Gotcha. And uh, visit our website, mechanorecycles.com. Or give us a call at uh, 681-4580 or 681-4050. Robert Trevino with McAllen Public Works is our guest on News Talk 710 KURV. We're talking, we're, we're, ta we're, talking, we're talking about recycling our Christmas trees. And January 27th is the deadline to get your Christmas tree all cleaned up and sent in for recycling. If I need help getting the tree over to you guys, is, is there any help available? Uh, for McAllen residents, they could, if they're unable to bring it, they could place it, place it with their brush out in the curb or in the alley. Uh, and that will be, it'll be picked up whenever the route is scheduled for collection. Or uh, if they bring it here and they do need help unloading it, we have staff available to unload the Christmas tree as well. 
Outstanding. Hey, thanks a lot for your time with us this morning. That's Robert Trevino with McAllen Public Works joining us on Newstalk 710 KURV. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids are running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Let's get a year end 2022 update and uh, what we need for 2023 from our friends at the Palm Valley Animal Society. Faith Wright is the director of operations at PVAS and she joins us now on 710 KURV. Uh, real quick, let's go over uh, how things went for the 12 days of Christmas over at Palm Valley. The 12 days of Christmas went very well. Uh, we were able to highlight you know, our amazing programs, and I believe we're close to hitting the $50,000 that we want to hit for our matching grant. The other big exciting news is that over 80 animals went home for the home for the holidays during the cold. And some of those have been adopted or turned into long-term fosters even. So that was really exciting for end-of-the-year wrap-up. I am so happy to hear that. Uh, So with that being said, how are the shelters looking going into 2023? You know, we're full. Everybody's full. Um, I wish that I had greater news about that. But we are able to at least, you know, see a little bit of wiggle room. Um, We're starting to see people in the community ask more questions before just surrendering animals, which has been really nice. We've had quite a few uh, finders that that have found the animals that have turned into fosters for those animals. And some of them have even ended up adopting the found animal or getting a family member to adopt the found animal if we couldn't find the owner. So that's been, it's been going good. Um, 2023, we're hoping that we can really, really, really involve the community more in these programs that we have. And we also want to give back to the community with some more of the the large scale vaccine clinics that we like to do. We are still seeing illnesses come in from the community, we're having a lot of parvo puppies coming in. So obviously the key to stopping that is more vaccine clinics out there to keep the puppies safe in the community. Yeah, that seems to be one of the big uh, challenges is, uh, well, first off, getting awareness out about some of the, the great programs that y'all have set up aside from outright adoption. And that seems to help alleviate the, the level some but also some of the challenges of having an overcrowded shelter like that. Yeah, you mentioned the Parvo and some of the bigger challenges this year. I remember the 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 mold situation, and yeah, there was a, an outbreak of, I forgot what it was. Uh, distemper. You, he had distemper yes. also. Yes, we, the distemper, and, also, and yeah, you guys uh, had some big challenges. With, yeah, so we've had distemper. We also had the, the leptospirosis outbreak. Um, but we are vaccinating for leptospirosis on intake now, so we're not seeing any more leptospirosis cases. Um, but, you know, again, it's all just it's challenges from animals coming in, the large number of them. We vaccinate for everything we can think of to vaccinate against um, the diseases when the animals come in. But we also want to continue to do these large-scale vaccine clinics for the community. That way, you know, the community members don't feel like they have to surrender their animal because it's sick and they can't afford the medical treatment. Uh, we can try to prevent the illness from even happening while it's in the home. 
Faith Wright is the Director of Operations at the Palm Valley Animal Society, our guest on News Talk 710 KURV. And yeah, let's talk about some of the, the programs. The uh, fostering program, that's a that's a big one for people that aren't able to take on the, the full commitment of adopting a pet, but they do have some spare space, you know, just for a few days, just for a little bit. Tell us about that. Yeah, so our foster program is completely free to the community. We will provide you the food, the bowls. Uh, when we have crates, we provide those. We do everything we can to help you foster that animal. And it can be as short as overnight. It can even be just a tails around town field trip, all the way to long-term foster up, you know, up until adoption. Um, we're really looking for this program to help our long-stay residents. We have some residents that have been with us for over a year and have never even had a sleepover, never had a field trip. We were super excited during the Home for the Holidays. Some of our long stays were what were chosen. And it's great because we're getting to hear how they were in the homes. And many people are falling in love with those long-stay dogs and actually either continuing to foster them or adopting them. So we have that program. And then also we have what we call a finder to foster program. And that means, you know, a dog wandered into your yard. It's not yours. You don't know whose it is. You're wanting to hang on to it, though, rather than bringing it to the shelter. We help you do a found report. And we help you advertise that animal is found. We do it on the RGB Lost and Found Pet page, on the PBAS Pass page. We show you how to make flyers. We get all of that going. At the end of the stray hold, if the animal has not been reunited, then you are more than welcome to adopt the puppy or the animal, uh, have a friend adopt it, or we can take it back at the shelter also. And then we also have our intake diversion program. This is the program that really helps the community the most. This is the program where it is your animal. It may be your unwanted litter. You didn't know that your dog was in heat and accidentally got out, you know, whatever the case may be, but you have some animals that you're just not able to care for. We go ahead and we vaccinate those animals. We take pictures of them. You hang on to the animal and we plead them out to all of our rescue groups. And um, many of those, we've already done over 900 in the year of 2022. And um, over 700 of those have left out to rescues across the nation. So it's a really uh, beneficial program for our community. It helps us get our animals, you know, move to areas where they don't have the kind of animals that we have, where they have more space for the kind of animals that we have, and they have more vet services to alter them quickly and you know, things like that in other parts of the of the nation. You also have the paw jamma parties and the tails around town as part of the mm -hmm. the, the smaller fostering programs that, that at Palm Valley. Correct. The Tales Around Town is a field trip. You can pick it up and take it around town. We have some restaurants that have signed on to be kind of, you know, lo visiting locations, uh, University Draft House, Walk-Ons, Barrel House. Uh, there's a couple others. You can go there and, and have special treats with the animal. You can take it to a park, not a dog park, but you can take it, you know, on a leash to walk around a park, um, anything like that, and then bring it back in the same day. And there's little report cards that you can fill out. You know, I met a child today. I met another dog. I met a bicyclist, you know, things like that. And then the pajama party is the overnight sleepovers. And those are great for people that, you know, maybe their children are allergic to um, dogs, but their children are having a sleepover at their grandparents' house or their friend's house or their father's house or, you know, anything like that. And you're lonely for the night, take a dog home, cuddle up with the dog, and then bring the dog back the next day and just tell us how the dog did in the home. Um, so all of these are really important programs. They benefit, you know, us humans as well as it really benefits the dogs too and getting us more information about the dogs so that we can help them find their forever home. Faith Wright is the Director of Operations at Palm Valley Animal Society, our guest on uh, 710 KURV. 
And uh, the next thing on the list is um, how, how can we help? What supplies do you all need? And uh, volunteer work, uh, how much help do you all need right now? We always can use volunteers. So one of the big programs that we really like to have for the dogs is dog play group. We do a play group in the mornings at 1030 to 1230 over at our Andrews location and then from 4 to 6 p.m. at our Trenton location. And we just don't get enough volunteers to help us get the dogs out there so the dogs aren't getting to have the max uh, use of play group that we would like them to have. So anybody that wants to walk a dog, watch it get to play with other dogs in a play group setting, you know, come on down, sign up, let's get you signed up as a dog play group walker. We can also always use volunteers to help us just laundry. As you can imagine right now during this whole cold front, the laundry is insurmountable that we're trying to keep up with. Bowl washing is always another big thing. Um, our animal care technicians can really use people to help them just prepare the meal bowls, you know, anything like that. Um, so volunteering is a huge thing. It costs you nothing to volunteer with us. Um, so we would love to have everybody that wants to, you know, remotely make a difference in an animal's life. Please come down. Let's figure out how you want to help and how we can get you involved. If you like cats, we need people to help us clean the PetSmart cattery because we do have cats that live at PetSmart. Um, we also have, you know, our own cat rooms that can always use help. So there's, there's plenty of uh, ways to help. If you don't really want them to touch animals, maybe you want to help the animals but not necessarily, you know, have to do direct care with them. We have many programs that could just use you to do data entry. We have the Lost and Found Pet Detectives. We've got the foster program that could use um, volunteer data entry type people. So there's, there's lots of ways to help the shelter. And it doesn't always have to include being at the shelter. So definitely reach out. And then as far as, you know, what we need for 2023, I mean, quite honestly, cash donations are going to be the biggest thing right now because we're having to ebb and flow constantly with all the different needs. You know, we, we weren't anticipating needing to have diesel for, you know, six straight days to keep the heaters running. Um, thankfully, we had a lot of generous donations for that. And so, you know, we didn't have to, to dive into any kind of reserve funding or anything like that. But, you know, if things like this keep happening, there's just always a need to have some cash emergency funding going on for that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you know, blankets while it's cold. Um, the dogs that have to live in kennels that um, are by themselves, they get to have Kongs and long-stay long type of uh, high-value treats. So anything like that that you could donate would be great. Um, that we, we use that for our enrichment of the animals. So, you know, all those kind of things. And then, of course, just watch our webpage because we're always asking for donations and volunteers for specific events as well. For those that are listening to this broadcast right now and they're hearing this, they're saying, hey, I want to be a volunteer. Hey, I want to donate. You know, put me to work, put me to good use. And, and where can I put my um, resources at? Where are, uh, what's the, the contact information for PVAS and uh, what's the website? Okay, so the website is www.pvastx.org. And then you can also email donate at pvastx.org or volunteer at pvastx.org. On our website, there's also tabs that you can click on that give you all the di different details about um, the different programs to volunteer in and things like that. So, again, it's www.pvastx.org, and that's where you can get a lot of the answers to the different uh, programs that we have. We hope that you get the, the help that you need and some wonderful homes for these wonderful pets over at the Palm Valley Animal Society. That's Faith Wright with the Palm Valley Animal Society joining us on News Talk 710 KURV. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710 KURV.
Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.